best-selling author, TV star on Amazon Prime's number one business documentary, Business as Unusual. Globally recognized business coach, James Burke, is with you today on the podcast and is with you to discuss one topic, master your life. And if you're going to master anything, make it be your life. Life mastery, big subject, isn't it? Where do we start? There's two places to start, really. The order's less important than making sure you nail both of them. Number one is, what's been holding you back? What's number two? Where are we going? Which one should we start with? Let's start with what's been holding you back. Why do you start there for life, ma life mastery, then? So like I said, those two are both important making sure that you know where you want to go and what's stopping you from getting there. You want to know both of those early on in the journey. Because if you know where you want to go, you've just made the process a hell of a lot easier. And then secondly, if you know what's holding you back, what's stopping you from getting there, it's a bit like, remember driving along, you're in the car and you realize, you ever done this where you realize you've got the handbrake like halfway it's half on and there's just some resistance and you can feel the car's not going. Finally, you realize, oh, handbrake's on. And you take it off and all of a sudden, you go twice the speed with the same amount of effort. I have done that before in a past life because it's been a long time since I'd run them handbrakes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point is when you can get clear on what's holding you back, you, let, you just lift the handbrake, you take the handbrake off. So have we all got anchors that are holding us back? I suppose we have. That's, that's what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. There's something that's slowing me down. For sure, yeah. Baggage. So what baggage. Yeah, imagine watching someone walking through the airport. They've just took the luggage off the carousel and they got a bit confused, so they grabbed another bag and another bag and ended up with more bags than they actually entered the airport with. If you were watching them and they were struggling, they walked out of the airport, they walked straight past the trolleys, a couple of people asked them for help, they said no, and they just kept going with all this extra baggage. You'd be thinking, what? what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Put some of the baggage down. You'll go faster and it'll be so much easier. It's the same thing. You look, you captivate me straight away. I'm putting myself in the picture as, as we're going around there, carrying extra baggage, you know, blissfully unaware of what's going on. Is that the norm then? Is that the norm for people? It's certainly the norm in, in the modern world, yeah, for sure. Is there extra baggage in the modern world? What, more so than in, in past? years past? Suppose like, I'm, I'll tell you where I'm going with that. Social media pressure. Is that baggage? Definitely. Head trash. It's head trash. It's baggage. But like with most things, it's pros and cons. If you can understand the upside and use it to your advantage, whilst minimising the damage done from the downside, it's worth engaging in. Just like anything in life. What's stopping you? I'll tell you what you're doing. You, you, there's, there's, you're captivating me at the moment. You're bringing me in. Is it, is it easy for me to find out what's stopping me? Is it easy? I would say it's simple. It's not always easy. It can be a difficult journey understanding what's been holding you back. Because more often than not, it's stuff that 
happened to us where we created a, an emotion, where a belief was created, where even a, a fear maybe was created. And often that comes from our early years as we're developing and and it comes from the people that we love the most. So definitely not easy. It can be challenging, it can be difficult. It can be simple, it can also be complex. One thing it is for sure is important because as soon as you can let go of some of that baggage, you're gonna feel the immediate after, afterthought is peace. You're gonna feel lighter and you're gonna move faster. You're gonna feel that immediately. And then it's gonna help you in the long term, moving towards whatever it is that you, that you want. Right at the start of that, you said simple. Then you said understanding. The first thing, you've got to understand the baggage. Why did you choose that word? Why you've got to understand it? Yeah. Because that, to me, is, is going into it really in a, on a deep level. Mm. It can be useful to know where it came from so that you can make a different decision. Let me give you an example. There's two fish swimming along. I like and this, by the way. They're both, they're both young fish. They're right next to each other, swimming along. And they're just chatting. And an old fish swims the opposite direction. And the old fish says, Morning, boys. Nice water today. Morning. <laughs> they carry on swimming. They look at each other five minutes later. What's water? I don't know. They don't know what water is because they've never been out of the water. To be able to look down and go, that's water right there. And it's the same thing with a lot of the things that are holding us back. We've had them for that long. We've never been outside of them to see that's what's holding me back. Never been able to see it. So that's where you've got to understand. And that can be really useful because a lot of these things that are holding us back come from our childhood. And it usually comes from difficult things that we've been through where we go, Okay, my defense mechanism for this. So let's say, for example, someone's going, ah, I'm not feeling the love right now from my parents. Maybe that pressure mum and dad are putting on me to achieve more is because I'm not good enough, which Marissa Peer has done some fantastic research on. It's one of our deepest fears, I'm not enough. So they obviously mum and dad just want the best for their kid, but the, the child is hearing, I'm not good enough the way I am. I'm not good enough to be loved. Well, that can be a disastrous thought, but of course, as an adult, we can clearly see that's silly, that's not a, that's not appropriate, that's not the case. But as a child, you made that decision, it was a childish decision, which is okay, children make childish decisions. But then you carry that childish decision into adulthood, never knowing where it came from or why it came, you just think, I'm not enough, and it, stick, and it can stick for life. You never came out of the water to see that's where it was and that's the process of understanding that's why I use that word yeah I, I love the analogy of the fish I was thinking Nemo and Dory swimming along yeah, you, 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 the kids but it, it hit me in the heart really because I might not be aware of some of those things if I if I don't understand it in my life I think I've had a pretty fortunate life to be honest you know to to, to move forward I'm trying to put myself in the shoes there but you, you got me it if you've never been out of it, you don't know any different. Mm -hmm. You know, the last thing you said was letting go. Why is that important? 
because a lot of it comes something like that happens the parents putting the pressure on the youngster the youngster hears i'm not good enough the way i am i've got to be better for my parents to love me for example which is a re that's a really really common occurrence if you pay attention to rapid transformational therapy and marissa Pia's studies that is overwhelmingly common just with a different scenario it might not be the pressure at work it might be with the with the schoolwork or whatever it might be something else it might be sports it might be you're not tidy enough the child hears i'm not tidy enough my parents won't love me unless i'm I'm, I'm tired and then you see that behavior develop over a lifetime and people can develop OCD or whatever because it's like if I'm not tidy I don't get love and that's the one thing we're all conditioned to crave is love and there's a bunch of research done that suggests that that's because if we aren't loved and we're kicked out of the tribe a hundred thousand years ago you don't survive on your own you've got to be a part of that tribe to survive so it's almost like a survival instinct so when we tell ourselves that story and it is just a story that story can go on and define our whole life so the reason I use the words let go is because that's the thing to let go of the story it sounds like you know when you understand it and you realise it and it's been holding you back letting go sounds like it'd be an easy thing because you don't want it, yeah? Is it an easy thing? No. So that's counterintuitive. And it's also not an instant thing. So if you go and watch Tony Robbins, you go and watch I'm Not Your Guru on Netflix, and there's a couple of scenes where he has these interventions with people, and quite often he uses NLP, sometimes he uses rapid transformational therapy, um, or CBT, cognitive mm -hmm. behavioral therapy, and you'll see him have these interventions but it almost paints a picture that one conversation with Tony Robbins for five minutes and you change for life. False, completely false. In fact, in that Netflix documentary, at the end of the documentary, they catch up with one of the guys they've had an intervention with and actually she'd reversed their behavior already. She was still at the retreat, she was still at the seminar. So it's not one conversation, you're gonna hear this, you're gonna do a self audit, you're gonna go on that journey of discovery and change for life. Next up comes, now you've gotta work on it. So if we're saying you might have had some of your beliefs that you're unaware of right now for four decades, well, it took four decades to craft those beliefs and really solidify them and anchor them to the point to get to where you are today with that belief. So if you can undo that in one decade, well, you've done a good job. So I'm not saying it has to take 10 years. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's very rare that it's one five-minute conversation and you've changed a belief and a story that you've been telling yourself all your life. Tony Robbins is really famous for this. This is kind of what he does as well, yeah? This is, he's into life mastery. Have you learned a lot from him? A lot, yeah. He's, he's the best in the world at what he does, for sure. Um, and Is he the best or is he the most famous? Oh, I don't know. He's controversial. Know. Though, yeah, he? it probably is controversial and it's probably subjective, isn't it? Well, it, it depends you, on who you ask. Let's say this. He's very good. It's probably slightly more objective that he's the most famous, although that would still be an opinion, wouldn't it? But he's very, very good at what he does. And one thing that he's done a great job of is create, he really started this taking personal development mainstream. It's not there yet. I wish everybody on the planet was into personal development, but he still certainly started that ball rolling. Yeah, I, I think he was in a movie called Shallow Hell, you know. <laughs> 
and uh, Jack Black, Hal, he was in he was in a lift. He got stuck in a lift with Tony Robbins of all people. The people that you want to get stuck in a lift with, you get stuck <laughs> in the lift with Tony Robbins. And Tony Robbins did some magical powers. His magical powers. He got all, all working on him, and he put his hands on his head. He goes, "Get off me, banana hands!" Because he's so big, he's a giant, isn't he? You're a giant as well. You got to be a giant to be like life mastery, <laughs> by the way. Well, that's what Tony Robbins says, isn't it? He says he was five foot seven at a certain point in high school. Within a couple of years, he actually had a brain tumor. That's how he grew, um, and caused a lot of growth hormone to pulse through his body. But that's not the story he tells. Yeah. He says it's personal growth. That's so, what's, what's sending him to a giant. Well, are you, are you on that as well? I'm not. Hopefully, I'm not going to tune that. I don't know about, but I'm certainly on the personal growth. Yeah, you you are. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the vibes. So the point about the movie is he got a lot of fame from that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so whether he's the best in the world or we we wouldn't know. I mean, I don't know everybody who does this in the world. He's certainly the most famous though. Yeah, and it's different strokes for different folks. Different people like different things. Um, but he's done a hell of a job. And maybe most importantly, he's helped a lot of people on route. So in the middle of all that, you said you you mentioned fear at one stage, and I just made a quick note of it because I did a podcast with a guy called Tom Blackledge. You know Tom as well, and it was just exceptional on fear and the the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. He says, and it just it's irrefutable, that, isn't it? Just holds you back. Have you have you got anything to say about the subject of fear? I mean, he's the best. Tom Blackledge is the best on fear. And he talks about something in particular. I have got a lot to say on fear, yeah. Number one, when you're getting clear on that thing that you want, when you're getting clear on the goal, a big part of that is unlocking what's been holding you back so you can get there quicker. And and one of the key things that is usually holding people back is fear. It's one of the big ones. And a good way to get over fear is tackle it. And by the way, whatever it is that you're scared of, the more you procrastinate on that fear and don't take action on it, the bigger the fear gets. So whatever your biggest fear is right now, it's the smallest it's ever going to be right now unless you act on it. So the time to act is now on your biggest fear. But it can absolutely cripple people and hold them back. The other side to the coin of this is we often do an exercise where we'll get people to write down in a seminar or a workshop. What are the five biggest achievements of your life? And just for this exercise, you can't put your kids in it. Because obviously that's going to be yeah. number one. It's like, that's number one for everybody. It's number one for me, it's number one for you, it's number one for everybody. So let's, let's exclude that. And what are the five biggest achievements? Things that you've done. So people write them down and they are varied, massively varied. Second task is right. Write down why that thing made it into your top five achievements. What is it that happened? Tell me the story of what happened for that to get there. And then the third thing is, write the emotion that you feel now looking back about that achievement. So the list of achievements varies massively. The story, 80% of the time, is this. I was going for something. It was really, really difficult. Whether that's difficult as in it was literally challenging, whether it was physically or mentally challenging, or whether it was difficult because I was so scared but I did it. I made the breakthrough, I got it. The emotion, I was really proud of myself. Next time you're going through something that you're really scared of, that's really difficult, just think about this. 
this thing that I've got to overcome and push through, even though it terrifies me, might just make it onto my top five achievements because I'm going through the fear. Without those difficulties, challenges and fears, you don't get that emotion. You don't get the, I'm so proud of myself. Do you do that with everyone you meet? Not with everyone. I wish I could with everyone that I meet. Certainly with the people that are ready, willing, and wanting to go through that experience. How do you become ready and willing? What's the level of preparation? Because there's people listening right now that want to know what's going to make me ready. I think if you're probably listening to something like this, you're ready. You're ready. You're ready. So trust yourself. Trust yourself for sure, yeah. Go for it. Definitely. You know, when you said your fear right now is the smallest it's ever going to be unless you confront it. That's what he said, Mm -hmm. yeah? It's the smallest it's ever going to be. If you avoid it, it gets bigger. Yep. And as you move toward it, it gets smaller. Yeah. The easiest time to tackle that fear is now because it'll be bigger tomorrow and harder. Really powerful. Really powerful stuff. All right, so we've got... Look, step number one is understand it. Understand what's stopping you. Be prepared to go in. And the and the the four main parts to that. There's lots of micros to these macros. There's lots of subcategories. One of them is definitely fear. One of them is beliefs. When people have got limiting beliefs, and we have beliefs about everything, absolutely everything. And some of our beliefs can just cripple us and hold us back. And that can be things like, I'm not good enough to do that, or I've never done this before. A limiting belief can even be, I'm comfortable where I am, because it limits you from going further forward. That's all a limit belief is, yeah. It's some, a belief that actually limits you from progressing forward yeah. in life, whatever in that's, whatever area of life it might be. That's literally holding you back, yeah. It's an empowering belief is, I can do this, I'm capable. Uh, is that the spectrum? Limit belief, empowering belief. Well, there are other kinds of beliefs. Let's keep it belief. simple. Let's keep it simpler. If we're going to super simplify it, yeah, they're they're two big ones. All right, well, go on then. Slightly complicated. What are the other types of beliefs? Well, there's probably beliefs that are quite neutral. Okay, yeah. Um, there's neither beliefs that, that neither there. Yeah, that's not a strong belief, though, isn't it? That's that's when the strength of the belief is weaker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, is a limiting belief that's strong, isn't it? A limiting belief is a strong belief, yeah. And an empowering belief is a strong belief. Mm -hmm. The neutral ones are probably slightly weaker. That's why it's probably neutral. You've not chose which side of the fence you're on. Is there a side of the fence, by the way? Is there a side of the fence? Well, I think it's better to have empowering beliefs, especially around whatever it is that you're going for. If, If you've got a goal, you don't want to attach loads of limiting beliefs to that goal. It's just going to anchor you. It's going to hold you down. If you've got empowering beliefs, if you can have faith. James, I already know you and you're empowering me right now. I mean, I'm introspecting as he's talking here. So I'm summarizing here for the, for, for the listeners. Number one, you got to understand what's stopping you. Number two, you've got to be able to let go. And through that process, there's confronting fear, being aware of your emotions, being aware of your beliefs, the whole five success stories that you talked about. Well, the emotions are the third things... Th- the third out of the four things is fear, beliefs, and emotions. And people's emotions can massively hold them back. Massively. Generally speaking, 
there are a couple of emotions, and they're different for everybody, but there are a couple of emotions where we tend to find our way home to. We have an emotional home. Just two or three emotions that we regularly go back to. That might be angry. You see some people driving, for example, and I'm thinking, definitely their emotional home. It might be happiness and joy. You meet some people and they're just the most beautiful people to be around. They're just constantly in joy. They've got that, they've got that emotional home. Sometimes our emotions can really hold us back. And then the fourth thing is our thoughts. And these really, the thoughts underpin everything else because your emotions come from your thoughts, your beliefs, thoughts, fears, thoughts. And most people, what they think about, their beliefs, their emotions and the fears are a complete accident. There's zero deliberation. If you ask people to write down what their emotional home is, what the five biggest fears are, what their limiting beliefs are, and what are the things that they think about that are really negative, that they think about most often. And then you said, how many of those are deliberate? How many of those did you decide you wanted to keep? It's very rare anyone would say one. It's gonna be zero. And the whole point is, when you can understand what's been holding you back. Well, we, actually, I think you've been holding on to them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that that's that's what what's resonated with me as you said it. I mean, the other thing about going home, you want to go home to a good place, yeah. Yeah. I was um, on our honeymoon. We went to Alaska for a week, and uh, we were we got off the off the cruise ship, and they took us up this stream, and there was salmon, salmon in Alaska. You know, it's very famous, and and the guide actually said to us, some of these fish here that you're looking at, some of these salmon. They're dying right now. They've come back to their home to die, and you know. But what they've been—they were born here. This is where they were born on this stream, in that place, in that location. And they've had the journey of life, and they've swam around the oceans like ten thousand miles away. They might have been, but they've come back home <laughs> to their little safe place. So you know, coming back home. Is, is what you said in the middle of all that and I, I don't know why I've told the salmon story but just I get it this fear beliefs emotions thoughts the by accident the Complete opposite accident but the opposite of accident is deliberate yeah mm -hmm. plan it is that what you help people do plan that's exactly it fears beliefs emotions thoughts it's that's how simple it is yeah it's Let's uncover the things that have been holding you back. Now, we don't want to spend too much time there. We don't want to keep revisiting the past, especially if there's pain there. Let's go back. Let's get clear on what was holding you back. It can be helpful to know where it came from, but it's not mandatory. But only so that you can go, silly me, that was a childish decision, and then make an adult decision. But you know what? It's not just pain. There is pain for the stuff that you want to understand and let go of, but there's not pain for the stuff that's the five success stories in your life. I'm telling you now that the emotions that I'm feeling as I'm I'm trying to go through what you're saying as you're saying it it's giving me strength and confidence and empowering beliefs mm. that's right it comes for sure yeah. it, well there's a lot of good in the past as well right it's not all bad alright so we've got a bit of a, a sequence there we start you the first question where do we start you said well what's holding you back where are we going is the other one yeah. why did you say that's the next thing where are we going well that can come first so but it doesn't matter which way which way around you do it 
if you want to discover what's holding you back, get rid of all those accidental beliefs, emotions, fears, and thoughts, so you can be deliberate and go, right, these are the emotions I want to feel moving forward. These are the beliefs. These are the thoughts. And then, again, it's the consistency and a couple of years of working on that, and you might carve those beliefs and they become your new emotional home, for example. Then we want to go, right, this is where I want to go. Let's get really clear on where that is. Because if you're not clear on where that is, you can, Jim Rohn says, you can work hard, be sincere, be a nice guy or girl, and still wind up broke because you have no direction. How do you find out where you want to go? I mean, it's an obvious point that you're making. How do you get that level of clarity on where you want to go? So Jim, Jim Rohn's in a Denny's over in America and the waitress is fantastic she's charismatic she's bubbly she goes the extra mile and he says to her she has no idea who Jim Rohn is and he says to her can I ask you a question it's an important one she says sure she says how much time are you spending each week working on the opportunity that will change the lives of your family and you and she says I, I'm sorry sir I don't know what that opportunity would be and he says well that might just be the most important question anyone ever asked you he says let me ask you the second most important question anyone will ever ask you don't know what the opportunity is so you're not working on it so then how much time each week are you spending looking for that opportunity and she says, no, no, I'm not spending any time doing that. And he says, wow, how would you explain that to your family? I don't know what the opportunity is and no, I'm not looking. The moral of the story is spend a little bit of time. If you have no idea what it is that you want, spend a little bit of time every day, every week, consistently trying to figure it out. Read the right books, watch the right videos put the good stuff in here and just spend some time if it takes you a year trying to figure out what you want to do it's a year well spent what's the alternative rat race helping someone else do their dreams are you the next Jim Rohn <laughs> <laughs> this story was amazing man you know how much time are you spending on that major opportunity that's going to change your and your family's life you said and if you don't know that how much time are you are you spending looking for that opportunity Whoa, that's a big tap on the shoulder isn't it is that where he says sell your TV afterwards <laughs> he, he does say that it's going to help you move towards the goal well, he right? asked the question how much how much was your TV how much you, how much does a TV cost and it, then someone says I don't know five hundred dollars is American yeah because Nah, nah. TV costs you about £500,000 a year. Yeah, someone with your talent yeah. and your skills. Yeah. Give it away. Go and give your TV away. Watch what happens. <laughs> Good old Jim Rohn. All right, so know where you're going. That's time. Think. Read the books. What books should you read for inspiration on where you're going? Have you got recommendations there? Uh, Jim Rohn's got a good book on that. One of the best uh, books on... One of the best chapters on goal setting on the planet is in the seven strategies of wealth and happiness chapters called 
goals. It's actually called Unleash the Power, the power of Goals. Of goals. I mean, yeah. how good is that Like title? Unleash the Power of Goals. Like, literally, I'm getting passionate now, just like you, bro. So All the best books in the world have got a title that tells you exactly what's in the book and gets you excited about it. Well, you will be in serious danger of having more clarity than you've ever had in your life about the most important goals in your life and your own future. So it does come with a warning, that that chapter. Absolutely, yeah. Unleash the power of goals. You reminded me of it as you said it. You'll be in serious danger of being successful. (laughs) (laughs) You can play with that one all day long, can't you? You can play. All right, so look. Where do we start life mastery? What's stopping you? Where are you going? I think we've unpicked. Where do we go next? Well, when you get clear on where you want to go, something special has just happened. If you look at some of the biggest moments in history, if you think about, let's put it this way, racism. How many people thought racism was an absolutely awful thing back in the 60s during the civil rights movement in America. Billions around the globe. Billions of people thought it was awful, horrific. Because we all, we're all loving, caring people. Yeah, deep down, yeah, absolutely. That's where you were talking before about go home. That's home. Love. Peace, love, tranquility. That's the real home for all of us. There's no baby born into this world without that they're just born with love born peaceful so if that's the case billions of people thought racism was a bad idea and the same thing with slavery a few decades earlier again over in the states billions such a high percentage of the planet's population thought slavery that surely that's not right and there's instances that we can see of that in the world right now when we see things going on globally, when there's wars and, and people invading other countries, that's not right. But look at those two big examples, two of the biggest moments, certainly in American history, which then affected the whole globe. If billions of people thought it was a bad idea, why did it not change sooner? And more to the point, what's the name that you think about when you say the civil rights movement. I've asked that to thousands of people in seminars and the same name comes up every time. Martin Luther King. Slavery, Abraham Lincoln. What's the difference between MLK and Abe Lincoln and the billions of people that thought it was a bad idea? They made a decision. This ends now on my watch. That decision is the defining moment. When you get real clear on what it is that you want and you go, this ends or this happens on my watch, that was your defining moment. Even more so than the actual achievement of the thing that you decided on. On it. That is an empowering belief. That is a strong belief, yeah? That is definitely the polar opposite of the limiting. Own it. Take charge. You're in charge. So is is the next thing making a decision? 
Well, that, that goal that you've decided on is the decision. Now, the important thing is that you're not trying to do too many things at once. Distractions. Distractions. You know, Steve Jobs got fired from Apple the first time around. Got fired. He owned the company and got fired. How did... How do you get to be so bad that you get fired from your own company? The small business owners watching this right now thinking, how do you get fired from your own business? And I'm sure there's a lot of people who work for someone else thinking, I wish the business owner would get fired. But yeah, Steve got fired from his... You know why he got fired? Why he got fired actually comes the next part of the story. Where did he go next? Well, he owned Pixar. Now, Pixar were pre-revenue. They hadn't released the first movie yet. So he got fired from Apple, went over to Pixar just to keep himself busy more than anything. But everybody, really different environment at Pixar. They didn't have lots going on like they did at Apple. They had one thing going on, building and creating Toy Story. So the chief marketing officer at Pixar was focused on Toy Story. Chief finance officer, Toy Story. That was his main focus. The animators, Toy Story. Chief Ops Officer, Toy Story. Steve Jobs, Toy Story. Everybody in the fo in the business was focused on one thing. Toy Story was a massive success. Isn't that interesting? So now it's like, right, that's been done. What's the next focus? Bugs Life. Everybody focused. Another massive success. Next focus, Toy Story 2. Everybody focused, massive success. He ended up selling Pixar to Disney where he made a lot of money and then focused on one more thing. Next, NEXT. Something that he built that he knew Apple needed because it would appeal to business customers and people in the education game. So he built Next as a business, went back and said, listen, I've got this product. Tried selling it to Apple and they loved it. He knew they'd love it because he knew it's the one thing that they were lacking. And he said, how much do you want for it? He named his price and one condition. I come back as the CEO. And he did. Within six months, when he started back at Apple, they'd gone from having 116 products to 11. He'd learned the power of focus. What was his next toy story at Apple? It was the iPod. Then, two years later, iPhone. Two years later, iPad. Massive success after massive success because he was focused on one thing at a time. And funnily enough, his last project, his last Toy Story, was Apple University. He knew he was dying and he knew there was no greater gift to leave behind than education. Steve learned the power of focus and in doing so became arguably the greatest entrepreneur of a generation. So once you're clear on what that one thing is, stay focused. The goal doesn't change. The plan will change. Famous philosopher called Mike Tyson said, most plans don't survive first contact. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched on the nose. <laughs> so the plan's going to change over and over and over and over again. You're going to course correct all the way to the goal, but the goal doesn't change. Set the goal and stay focused. Set the goal, stay focused, make a plan, and then work on the plan. Because distraction's going to come, right? How do you manage distractions? It's developing the skill of focus, isn't it? And that, again, is not a 
I've just listened to this podcast and this guy said be focused so now I'm focused it's it's a it's a skill to develop these books to read a great book called The One Thing that talks about um, Steve Jobs' example reading the right books being around the right people studying the guys that are super focused and putting YouTube videos out and podcasts like this yeah, look, I've done I've done a lot of the reading on this as well, and you know, one thing that's survived decades of research and uh, recommendations for getting focus is selective attention. Develop selective attention. Understand everything that's coming at you, and be able to delete, 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 delete. Grab this one and act on it. You've got to be able to select from all of the stimuli that's coming at you the most relevant ones. That you that you use and and stay as you stay focused. So managing that amount of information is a real skill to me, mm-hmm. and the skill is selective attention. And it, the only thing that's required to develop skill, only things, time, effort, and focus. Mm-hmm. You can develop skill in any area, selective attention included. You got an opinion on developing skill. Your skill of focus in particular. Well, like with any skill, whatever the skill is, build competence. And how do you build competence? Is practice, but good practice. What's the difference between good and bad? Good practice is deliberate practice. I could just play football casually all day, every day, and not get that much better. But if I have deliberate practice, taking free kicks and aiming for the top right corner, bending the ball around the wall to the right-hand side... I'm going to get better at that one thing. I'm going to get even better if I have a great coach. I'm going to get even better still if I record it and watch myself back and study my techniques. So there's a lot of things that you can do to develop skill and competence. And a lot of that comes with practice and deliberate practice and the little things that you can add on, the right people around you and read it and studying the right things as well. And the beautiful thing is when you develop competence, it breeds confidence. When you're getting technically better and you're getting mentally stronger and more confident, you're going to get much better at the skill that is you're trying to develop, including focus. And including self-worth and self-esteem and self-efficacy and self-belief. Mm. And it all circles back to what I'd said around most people's skill set in terms of being focused or anything right now is accidental. It takes that deliberation stopping, looking and going, what's holding me back? Well, one of the skills that might be holding me back is I'm, I've got a lack of focus. So it's being deliberate enough to go, okay, I've done the audit, focus is holding me back. I'm going to be more focused moving forward and this is what I'm going to do about it. When you can learn to be deliberate and stop waking up like everything's an accident, the game's going to change. Great teacher of my time he was a professor he was one of my mentors for a period professor jim mckenna he said this this is how you develop focus it's all about the reps it's all about the reps and he grabbed my attention with that power statement straight away it's all about the reps james in any walk of life it's just about the repetitions you know you've got to focus you're much better at learning how to do it just do five minutes just do five minutes and then have a break for 15 or 20 minutes because when you have a break you'll be in comfort mode <laughs> you've been casual mode do anything you want have a cup of tea have a cup of coffee during them five minutes though you stay focused mm. here's your challenge and build it up 
you know, let the five minutes turn to 10, let the 10 minutes turn to 15. And by the way, James, you'll never get more than 52 because 52 minutes is the most that the brain, you, your mind can focus for on that. And he, again, he, he resonated with me on all that because he spoke so eloquently. And that was, I've just said all of that. That was a conversation in his little tiny office in Carnegie in Leeds 15, 16 years ago and start small mm. what, what, do you, what do you reckon? completely yeah it's progressive overload start small and then build slowly and go from there that's one of the characteristics and traits of the world we live in today is we want everything we want it now Amazon biggest and one of the best businesses in the world yeah. because they give us everything now easy to buy master it swipe done it's here tomorrow I don't have to do anything and like I said right at the beginning of the session almost everything has a pro and a con the pro is it's here tomorrow it's easy it's instant and if you're a prime member it's free the con is we get used to wanting stuff I want it it's like the um, Freddie Mercury song isn't it I want it all I want it now some things you can't have now some things it takes a few decades of developing skill competency and and adding to that progressive overload to get what you want you're making me sing that song by the way I want it all I want it now <laughs> everyone's singing it everyone's singing it right now alright so we've made a decision we've set a goal we've developed a level of focus and we've got this ambition this fire inside and you know we, we we're focusing more what do we do next so Next, it's moving towards that goal. You've made the decision. You've let go of the anchors, the things that are holding you back. You've wrote the plan, and you're working on the plan rather than getting distracted with all the stuff because there's always stuff for everybody. Next up is pretty simple. It's persistence. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be things that come and test you. It's a great book on this called The Alchemist, and it's a fable written by Paulo Coelho. And he tells the story of a shepherd who decides what he wants. Actually, there's some divine intervention because he's told about a treasure that's near the pyramids in Egypt. Written thousands of, or based thousands of years ago, not written thousands of years ago, where you couldn't just hop on an easy jet flight and get over to Egypt the same day. So it's, this is like a massive task for this young shepherd to get from where he is in Spain, southern Spain, over to... Uh, Morocco over to the north of Africa and then whoosh, travel east over to the pyramids massive task for a shepherd that doesn't know anything about travel and right at the beginning of the journey once he's decided I'm going to go for the treasure he has that defining moment he's made the decision this is going to happen on my watch <laughs> this is going to happen on my watch and it's going to happen now first thing he thinks ooh what's holding me back the sheep what am I going to do with the sheep got to sell the sheep that's a big task not many people in the sheep market and thinks right and then I've got to get over to the water I've got to get to the south coast to the sea how am I going to get over the sea I've not I've no idea how I'm going to do that straight away solutions to all three things Found a buyer for the sheep <laughs> really quickly they pay him over the odds enough to get a ship over to Africa over to North Africa call that success that's how it is and the moral of the story in The Alchemist is those little success accelerators you get 
And they're just there to tell you, you're on the right path. Keep going. Take strength from them. Take massive strength from them. And as soon as the success accelerators stop, the challenges start. And he starts off with these small challenges. Some money gets stolen from him, so on and so forth. And the challenges build and build and build. And he gets through them. He keeps going through them. And then right at the end, just as he is at the moment where he's about to find the treasure, two people come and assault him because they want to know where the treasure is. And they beat him within an inch of his life. And he knows in that moment he's got a decision to make. Do I tell him where the treasure is and save my life but lose the treasure? Or do I push through and keep going three feet from gold? And he decides to push through. And in that moment that he decided to push through, they stopped and gave up. That's how it works for most people. If you can be persistent, most people will quit. And the, there's two things working there in the story, in the story of the alchemist. Number one is, it's the universe guiding you, right? The, the book is written so that the universe is guiding you on this journey. It gives you success accelerators at the beginning. And then why? what's the purpose of the test? The, the purpose of the accelerators is you're on the right path. What's the purpose of the challenges? Test how much you want it. How much do you really want this treasure? Because if it was easy to get and you didn't really want it, it would be impossible to get because everyone would be able to get it and therefore no one would have the treasure. How much do you want it? And then why does the biggest challenge come at the end? Just to double check how much you want it. But here's where the... And it's like, what a cruel universe. You make it so difficult to get and you put the biggest challenge right at the end. What a cruel universe. But actually, in the story, the universe is giving you a gift by putting the biggest challenge at the end because it's like, I've not been through all this stuff to only come this far. I didn't come this far to only get this far. So right at that moment, that's going to be in the back of your head is if I just give up now I've done all this for nothing so get clear on what you want understand what's holding you back work the plan and persist I could sit and listen to you all day long do you? <laughs> you know and that last little bit do you give up free feet from gold the answer's got to be no for every listener right now you keep going you find the strength and will inside and you keep going. Because most of us won't. No. And you've no idea how close you are to that dream. Sometimes it can feel so far away, but you might just be one phone call, one email, one sales meeting, away from getting that dream thing that you've always wanted. Who's the best person that you've seen speak that you know on chasing the dream, making the dream happen, going for it? Sir Ronald Fiennes, the best. This guy, when most people are thinking of retiring in the 60s, he's breaking world records, climbing Mount Everest, oldest guy to do it. He's trotting around the globe. He's going down the Nile on a hovercraft. And when he's telling his story, when, when Ranulph's speaking, everybody in that audience is gripped hear a pin drop people are hanging on every word and he's talking about these stories of persistence you know when he's when he's doing his journey around the pole cap so we went around the world not along the equator like most people do that challenge he did it in 
through the polar caps, North and South Pole. No one had ever done it. First person to ever do it. And he's telling the story and he ends up in the Antarctica for eight months, no sunlight, living in a cardboard box. How'd you do that? And you're sitting there thinking, if this guy can do what he's done, I'm damn sure that I can make a hundred phone calls or whatever it is that I need to do today. He inspires you to do that. I've heard him speak and he said he said something really powerful, which is part of your earlier point. He, he had these rules for one of his, because he's the world's greatest living explorer, yeah? And he had this rule and it was this, never pay anyone any money, any time. That's the rule. It can never be broken in this business. <laughs> how can you have a business that does that? How do you, how do you achieve that dream with that? It's simple. We get everyone else to pay for everything else. Mm -hmm. But that level of conviction and buying and commitment to that, that goal, it was black and white. It was like literally black and white. These are the rules. Yeah. And to me, that's why he achieved his dream and it was unshakable that level of commitment that he has to do it yeah I'm just going there it's just there's, there's no doubt there's no what if what if we don't get this to work it's actually a really good analogy for getting towards your goal especially the expeditions that he's done where he's trying to get from point A to point B yeah. because if you're at point A so let's say Rand starts in Southampton and he wants to go around the world and, and finish up on the North Pole he didn't he actually went went back to the starting point but if he wants to go from Southampton through the South Pole round the round the other side of the globe and, and finish on the North Pole as long as you keep moving forwards anyone can do that anybody can go from there round and up but it's just having the mental strength to keep going and whatever your goal is if you're at point A now just where you are in life and you're like right I want to get to point B the only thing that will stop you getting there is if you give up Randall Fiennes came, you know, there was massive obstacles and hurdles that he overcame. But when he when he got to each obstacle and hurdle, he didn't think, can I make it through this? It's just, well, we've got to go through this, round this, over this. We've got to do something to get to point B. It's just, we've just got to keep going. We've just got to get there. And if you can think of it like that, sometimes you've just got to take the steps and keep moving forward. And... Action leads to information. So even if you don't know what the next step should be, if you do something, it's going to give you information about whether you're on the right track or not. You can go, think about this, from LA to New York, a few thousand miles. A few thousand miles. That's a big trip. That's almost the distance from New York to London. That's how big that country is. But you can drive from LA to New York. If there was a blackout for a few days, a complete blackout, like a solar eclipse, and it lasted days instead of a few minutes, you can go from LA to New York without ever seeing. It's pitch black, so the only thing you've got is the headlights on your car. And you can drive from there to there. And you can only ever see 200 yards in front of you. That's how you achieve your goals. You don't need to know exactly how to get there. 
you just need to take care of the next 200 yards action leads to information it's inspirational actually it elicits a sense of motivation and belief in where you're going you know you, you know that's where you're going you've only got to see the next 200 yards it's a confidence booster got some quick questions for you important ones what's the best book you've ever read oh it depends on the subject and the time of life um i think the the, the classics are up there. like i said earlier the classics have all got it in the name seven habits of highly effective people by stephen Covey. seven strategies for wealth and happiness by jim Rohn. the one that's impacted my life the most think and grow rich why it's actually a manual it's almost like a manual if you know what you want if you don't know what you want find out what it is that you want then read think and grow rich but if you know what it is that you want it will literally give you every obstacle that you might come across and the solution to that obstacle it's the perfect book for going helping you achieve your dreams achieve your dreams thinking grow rich seven habits you can have all three actually so what what parts of your life are you thinking seven habits is for Seven habits is, I mean, it's, that's a good one for goal setting. Start with the end in mind. Mm. So the seven habit, the first habit is be proactive. And what that means really is be proactive with your thought. Stop being reactive, i.e. what I'd said earlier about stop living life like it's an accident. Be mm. deliberate. Take control of your life, your thoughts, etc. Habit two, start with the end in mind i.e. what's the goal, where am I trying to go to? Instead of just doing loads of stuff, instead of leaving your house today and going, right, I've got loads of stuff to do. No, no, start with the end in mind and then habit three, put first things first. I.e., if that's where I want to go, what do I need to do now? What's the next 200 yards I need to take to get there? It's an incredible book for also assisting with moving towards your goals. And then the other habits are all centered around how to leverage people and relationships to help you get there. Which obviously is a big yeah. one. Who, not how? You're not going to do this alone. Whatever your goal is, you're not getting there alone. Really good point. And what about seven strategies then? What's the reason to, to read that one? The goal setting That's Jim chapter Rowan, in yeah. that book is just phenomenal. Um, that really is. That chapter will give you a breakdown on exactly how to set goals. Now, it won't necessarily help you too much with the big one, but you will certainly get a bunch of things and it will give you some direction and focus and, and help you get clear on what it is that you want whether that's who you want to be, what you want to do, what you want to have, or what you want to give. Because that can be a big one as well. That's where true fulfillment comes from, is what we give, not what we get. What's your favorite movie? Oh, Greatest Showman. Why did you choose that? The Greatest Showman, well, it's, it's centered heavily around that, isn't it? It's centered very, very heavily around P.T. Barnum having a dream, coming from nothing. Like I said earlier about the top five achievements, yeah. he goes, this is what I want. And then he struggles and struggles and struggles and finally gets there. And then right at the end of the movie, he realises the most important thing is actually these people right around me. It's love. When I'm in the car with the kids, they've got one of the, one of their one of the songs each on the on the thing. Is I've got three kids, so they've all got a song. Put my song on. Put my song on. Uh, yeah, it gets the sort of hairs standing up on your arms, doesn't it? Oh, the songs are brilliant. The, the, the lyrics in the song. In a million dreams think about this this if i can help contribute to a world that works in this way lyrics to the song is every night 
I lie in bed. The brightest colours fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me awake. The reality is there's a lot of people out there where their nightmares and fears are keeping them awake. So if we can just play a little bit of a contribution to encouraging people to let the dreams keep them awake. What a world. That other song, you know, from now on, I mean, that is like, boom, from now on. Like, I've made a decision here. That's the decision made. This is going to happen. I mean, amazing, amazing songs. What's your favourite song? You choose. What's your favourite song? Yeah, you choose. What's your favourite holiday? Favourite holiday, Palmer. Um, sentimental reasons, my daughter... We spent three months there when my daughter was born. It's a it's a gem actually, Palmer. The rest of Mallorca is very British holiday. That's kind of beach, lilacs, etc. Palmer is stunning. It's such mm. a cultural city, and we've obviously got massive sentimental yeah. and emotional attachment to it because of that. Because we spent so long there. Palmer is yeah, Palmer's right up there. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Being able to plant seeds. You've seen the film Inception, yeah. where DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio and his team plant a seed in uh, this this business tycoon's mind, or the son of a business tycoon's mind, and that idea grows. That would be the superpower I choose. Dude, you've got that superpower. You you've planted seeds in my mind today. That's what you do. You've got that superpower. You've already got it. There you go. I've never said that on a podcast before, but you've, <laughs> you've definitely got that one. You've got it. That's what you do. You plant seeds and good things grow. Early bird or night owl? Early bird, definitely. How early? 4.30. You are a, you, you are a disciplinarian, yeah? Past nine o'clock and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get really tired. So. Nine o'clock at night, that is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bedtime's 9 p.m. Bedtime's 9pm, I'm up at I'm up at 4.30. What do you do at that time? Morning routine. So I'll take some time for me. I'm deliberate. Practice what I preach. I'm, I'm very deliberate. I spend 30 minutes of thinking time. And in that thinking time, I've got a plan. This is what I want to think about. Because what you think about, you bring about. So the things you think about most often and what you think about, and they start showing up in your life. So I spend 30 minutes being deliberate about that. I meditate every day. That is just a massive game changer. One of humanity's biggest problems right now in the pace of today's world is that we don't spend enough time stopping and sitting still. And I read every morning as well for an hour. Put the good stuff in. Put the good stuff in. If you could have one day in someone else's life, who would you choose? Who would I choose? It probably would have been Jim Rohn. It probably would have been Jim Rohn. And same answer for the question when people ask who would you have dinner with. Just a tip from him. Well, you're, no, a dinner table. You'd have five people, aren't you? Well, Ali would be the second one. Muhammad Ali. They're my two yeah. idols, Jim Rohn and Muhammad Ali, for, for very for different points in my life. Right. So back when I had a, when I was heavily involved in sports, big boxer, it was Ali. It was it was my hero, not just for what he did in the ring, but what he did out of it. Played a big part in the civil rights movement as well. Um, and Jim Rohn for the stage of life that I'm at now personal development is the godfather in my opinion is the best there is but of course that's completely subjective So yeah it is well you're allowed your opinion 
and so is everybody on here. Vote on whatever station <laughs> you're watching on it. Tell us who your idol is. All right, so three biggest trusted advisors in your life. Well, Jim Rohn would be one, although I never had a yeah. chance to meet, to meet him. Um, he would definitely be one. Um, my coaches, so I've always had coaches, always will have coaches. Um, and coaches for various things. I've had public speaking coaches that have helped me tremendously, uh, business coaches, mindset coaches. So my coaches are definitely another. What would you say to someone about getting a mentor and getting a coach? It's it's when you when I said everything's got pros and cons. There's limited cons, isn't there, to having a mentor or a coach? Maybe <laughs> having having the cash to invest into it, I don't know. But the pros, the upsides are absolutely huge, aren't they? Like I said earlier, I think the number one is whatever your goal is, whatever it is, but the bigger it is, this rule is definitely more evident. You won't get there alone. And just having someone that will say what needs saying, when it needs saying most, that can create a defining moment as well. Very nice. All right, what's the first thing that people should do once they've listened to this? What's the first thing? Get clear on what you want. Go back to the Jim Rohn story in the Denny's. Spend some time each week getting clear on what you want and then find out what's holding you back. Third thing, write the plan. Fourth thing, work the plan. And the ongoing that's going to happen all the way through, all four of those is persist, keep going. You've got this. I, I have unwavering belief in people because I've seen what happens when people follow those techniques. So it's a case of sitting there and going, do you know what? I am not settling for more of the same in this next year. And making now the moment where you inspire, inspire massive new changes in your life and make it stick. There you go, you've had it here today, you've got the plan now. You've got it, you know. Do that. What's my what's my favourite th- uh, moment from this? The storytelling, the things that you shared. Do you know what my favourite moment is? I genuinely believe I'm looking at the next Tony Robbins. I fell it in, I fell it in here. That's, that's my favourite thing of this interview. What's been your favourite bit? My favourite bit has been just hopefully being able to plant a few seeds and there's been moments in my life where I've been homeless, depressed, suicidal, overweight, no money, no connections, no skills and no experience. And if there's anyone watching this, hopefully things aren't quite as bad as that for them but I'm sure they'll be able to relate to the sense of despair that I felt and if we can just create a change just create that defining moment where you start to see things differently start to see that there is hope there is a way out and just take action on some of the stuff that we've talked about today everything can change and that's pretty much how things change for me I watched a video that one of my one of my good friends sent me, also called also also called
called my son after him. That's how impactful it was. Watch this video and everything changed for me. And I can safely say, when people say, what's the, what's the one thing that's changed your life the most? Reading. So if someone's watching this and they're in a sense of despair or they relate to the sense of despair and they go, okay, I'm gonna get clear on what I want and I'm gonna start reading. Wow, that can be completely transformational. Where they may end up 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now. If they move fast, it might be five. That can be life-changing. So if we've been able to plant that seed, that's been my favorite thing. You've planted it. James Burke, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Hey there, James here with an exciting announcement. The BizX Awards is coming to the ACC Liverpool from the 18th to the 19th of April with an incredible lineup of speakers. You're going to meet the likes of Stephen Mulher, Donald Miller, Deborah Meaden, and many, many more. Book your spot right now at thebizx.co.uk. And if you've enjoyed listening to the Business Excellence podcast, make sure to comment your top learnings and favorite moments, as well as like and subscribe. See you next time.